The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan, and we'll be your host for today. Thanks so much for joining us here once again. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a time of rest and celebration with your families and everything like that. Um, today, we're going to be breaking away just quickly from our series here in Col uh, Colossians, and <laughs> we're going to be spending some time uh, just having... I had an interesting conversation just a few days ago with somebody who was like, Nathan, I remember when you said this very blunt and overt belief that you had about scripture, and it seems like you just said the opposite of that just now. And I said, that is an excellent observation in light of the fact that my perspective has changed over time. And uh, I thought it would be kind of an interesting podcast episode to just talk uh, between me and Charlie about like, like how have your views changed over time as with regard to the scriptures and like, is it good or is it bad yeah is it okay is it wrong and uh like what boundary markers do we put up as we're growing and as we're learning more information like are there certain things that will never change are there things that can change what does that look like so that is the goal of this podcast like how have our thoughts changed is it okay that they changed and what kind of guideposts do we have yeah and that hopefully encourages you as you wrestle with truth and uh, in your life, is it okay to adapt over time? Is it not okay? Where is it okay? And where is it not okay for you? And uh, yeah, you might be surprised to hear that our stances on various topics have actually changed over the years. I know you might be like, bro, you guys talk really passionate about things. I'm surprised you'd even admit that you've changed your mind on something. Uh, well, we have. In fact, yep. I think there's an episode we did sometime this last year where we talked about, hey, we mentioned something in the past and, uh, well, actually, we want to bring some more clarification. We're not sure that that was the full picture, um, which I think that thought represents really what maybe God does in our lives throughout our entire life and perhaps in all of eternity, uh, where he continues to give us a full perspective. Um, like there's these passages where you start off on milk and then you progress to meat as related to the truth and to spiritual growth. And, uh, so I wonder, could it be that actually God wants to take us on a journey where we keep growing into maturity, into understanding and gaining a fuller picture. And, and Paul even says in Corinthians right now, we see as though dimly lit, mm -hmm. but then we'll see fully. Absolutely. And uh, so in light of the fact that, you know, we've confessed, like it is true, like there are certain minor things that we have adjusted over time. Um, let's uh, just start off by saying the major things that we have not adjusted on. And uh, this would be a guidepost for anybody out there. Don't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like you guys aren't you you don't believe the Bible is like authoritative. No, 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 no. Don't worry. Like. 
core truths you should not change on. Now, we're okay with wrestling. Like, you have questions, bring them to the word of God and let, like, God, why is it this way? Be shaped by that. But um, you're going to find yourself probably being shaped to the truth of what God has laid out very clearly for us. Right. And so we'll just outline a couple of these really quickly about things that like we as Nathan and Charlie would never kind of abandon no matter, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and, and these are uh, truths that uh, the historic Christian church has stood on right. and, and not altered their beliefs on. And so there are other beliefs that we could call denominational differences or just growing in understanding. I didn't have a full picture before. I didn't have a mature picture before. These are not in that group. Right. So, for example, like what we believe about God's word, uh, we believe it's inspired, inerrant, and authoritative, meaning like we're not we're not going to God's word and being like, oh, you are just a human book. Um, you, we're not we're not looking at it as something less than the fullness yeah. of God's word or it's God's word, but it had errors in it. No, it's without error. There is none. Uh, right. Uh, and who do we, and, and yeah. that, that, that belief is characterized in the original manuscripts. So when it was first written down, we're not saying that like the English Bible that you have today doesn't have any errors in it because we know like they're in brackets. Like we've talked about that in the past. So it, we're saying that when God inspired it through his writers, the various many writers he who he chose that it was perfect and without error at that time yeah. and and i would even argue possibly that those aren't necessarily errors but potential differences in copies uh and it's like one percent of the writing um for right what yeah is. right and so it just depends the, the the vast majority of that conversation depends on what how you define error we're not going to get into that <clears> right <throat> now uh we affirm that the bible is without error uh, yep. another really core one is that there is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's not changing. And they're, they represent themselves as they represent themselves in Scripture. Yeah, here's another one. We believe in the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, his virgin birth, his sinless life, his miracles, his victorious and atoning death through his shed blood, his bodily resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, and his personal return and power and glory. So we believe in the fullness of who Jesus is and who we claim to be, that he's God, that he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, performed these miracles, he died on the cross for all of our sins, he rose from the dead, and he's coming again physically. Yep. That, I mean, that's the, you, you don't ever, that is crucial core. You get Jesus wrong, you're going to get everything wrong. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, there are there are several others. Do you have any others, Charlie? Yeah, we believe that regeneration by the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential for the salvation of the lost and sinful mankind. And then continuing on in that realm of the Holy Spirit, um, we believe in his present ministry by whose indwelling the Christian is enabled to live a godly life. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the way God wants us to live. He gives spiritual gifts for us to operate, to bless the body of believers, to reach the world for Christ. And... Part of the way he wants us to live, another non-negotiable, is the structure of marriage. Uh, it says in Genesis that God created them male and female, and that what the biblical picture of marriage is, is one man and one woman united together in covenant before God for their life. Mm -hmm. And um, so we believe that that's a non-negotiable truth of the scripture as well. Yep, and we believe Jesus is coming back. He's going to resurrect everybody. They're going to be judged. Uh, not based upon, uh, they're going to be judged and separated, the sheep from the goats. 
and uh, some will be unto resurrection in life, and others will be unto the resurrection of damnation, also known as hell. And we believe that hell is a real place and that people will actually be there. So I would call that the core of the core of beliefs that have not shifted. We So let me say this. Can you shift your beliefs on these topics? Yeah, you sure can. Are you wrong if you do? You sure are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, we don't think it's a good thing to shift in your belief on these topics. Um, I would say your growth of maturity and understanding of the depth of those truths is a good thing. Yep. And so continuing to grow in what the Bible says about them and what that means for your practical everyday life, that's great. Um, but as far as are they true or not true, uh, that has not been a shifting reality for me. Right. Agreed. Or Nor for me. Um, and these things should, should not change. So what are we talking about with the things that have changed for us? Well, we would call them minor issues. Uh, some might call them like small rocks. I've heard them called or like small issues. Yeah. Or like what we just, what we just walked through are the big rocks, right? Or non-salvific issues or like there's a whole host of different names for them. Um, but like there are many, and there are many. And uh, one of the reasons we see so many denominations in the world today is likely because they have some kind of difference on one of these minor, more minor issues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I uh, God has continued to shape and mold me. And I think the more we dig into the Bible and to God's word and into prayer and to living this out in obedience in our everyday lives, our perspectives will shift. We will yeah. gain more knowledge. We will gain more understanding. We will gain more wisdom, I would say, even. And um, uh, I I used to read the stories of people in the Bible, like in the book of Acts, and think, man, that's, that's cool that they did those things, and never put two and two together that God was still up to those types of things in the world. And so um, when I had this absolute surrender moment to Jesus, all of a sudden I felt like he empowered me by the spirit of God to be his witness as acts one, eight says to proclaim Jesus among lost people. See people give their lives to Christ, see people deeply impacted to see the world change, to see miraculous things happen. I was like, wait, God is still up to these things in the world. I can hardly believe it. I, to me, it was so exciting that I grew to this theological understanding that actually played out in my life. Very, very, very practically for whatever reason, I'd miss that. And uh, so people in my life, when I had that absolute surrender moment, they're like, whoa, bro, you're like, what happened to you? Like, you're mm -hmm. looking differently. You're talking differently. Like, why are you so evangelistic now? Like, why, like, why do you want to do this kind of stuff? And my perspective radically changed in that moment. And then from then continues to grow in fullness uh, with the same mentality behind that. Absolutely. So that's like a really good example. So um, as you approach God's word in humility, which I think we all should approach God's word in humility, um, being careful to not just take the assumptions that we hold on to. So like whether some guy in a pulpit said it or your parents said it or your you know best friend said it or whatever, uh, those are not authoritative. God's word is authoritative. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to walk in humility and say, hey, maybe 
maybe my pastor got it wrong, which they're capable of doing, believe it or not. Or maybe my parents got it wrong, which they're capable of doing. And maybe I got it wrong, which I, of course, am capable of doing. Uh, Charlie and I, like we already mentioned, like we've gotten things wrong in the past. And so we've had to adjust. Um, uh, another really... And we should give... Um, I wholeheartedly agree. And one word of warning. Uh, don't go fight those people that you think might have gotten it wrong on a minor issue. Yeah. Maybe God just wants to teach you something and you have to walk in humility toward those people. Or if they're like a core crucial person in your life and, and God's really working in this area, you might just go to them and say, man, I've been really excited. Like God's working in my life in this area. Here's what I'm seeing and discovering and, and leave it about what God's doing in your life rather than you trying to fight somebody in their life. That is really good advice because as you as you develop what you believe, there's going to be people who disagree with you. And we have to learn what's worth, what are the fights worth fighting in our world Big today as, as Christians. And Charlie and I would probably defend just that list that we gave you. Like, is God's word authoritative? Yes. Is Jesus really God? Yes. Like those kinds of things, those are like really, really important. And like, those are the kinds of things that I would yeah. like, I wouldn't hurt somebody, but I would go toe to toe with them and be like, Hey, I want to challenge you in this belief. These and I, I got it wrong in the early years of, of God really impacting my life where I started to make it a fight with everybody else who didn't see it in every percentage degree, the way I did. Right. Or I just tried to try to compel them that they would. And I'm like, I don't think that really helped anybody. Um, because it wasn't really about loving and impacting them. It was about like trying to convince them that their perspective was wrong. And uh, so I, I would encourage all of us just to, hey, what's your motivation in trying to talk with somebody? And I, I might add for our calling a few other maybe um, medium to big rocks on that list, like the Great Commission. Sure. Um, we didn't we didn't really list that off earlier, but we're to reach every tribal group for Christ and devote our lives to that as the church and as believers. Um, we're to reach the world with the good news of Jesus. I would I would put that up as a big rock. Um, I I might add that God wants to empower every ordinary person to make an impact in their everyday life, and it's not limited to church leadership. Uh, that might be for us a big rock because you've heard us talk about it. I don't know, maybe every other episode. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just heed those warnings as you are developing and growing. Just remember, you might not have gotten it right, so walk in humility. Um, and you might currently not get it right. So don't just go fighting with other people. Um, and remember to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as like he's the one we're running towards. He's the one we're working for and with. And so uh, it's it's not worth ruining a relationship because they view some small, small, minor theological thing differently than you. You're going to be able to accomplish a lot more for God's kingdom when you work together with other people. And the more divisive we are, the less teammates we have and the less effective we'll be in accomplishing the very things for which Jesus leaves us on planet earth and doesn't just rapture us immediately upon our confession of faith. Like he leaves us here so that we can be his ambassadors to the world around us. And when we debate yeah. small issues, what we end up doing is just dividing with others and we spend all our time debating and arguing and none of our time doing the very things that Jesus called us to do. So very good morning, sure. I think. Uh, from you, Charlie. Very, yeah. I really. That's and we're not against them. Another little quick thing on that. We're not against studying these topics. We're not against sharpening each other. Like having some friends. Hey, let's talk about this. What What do you think the scripture says on this? I really want to grow. 
um, there's a difference in mentality of growth and sharpening than fighting and being right. Yeah, agreed. And like, it's one thing to be like, hey, what do you think about this in, in humility? And then still be friends at the end of the conversation. And it's another thing to break your relationship with that person because they think differently about whether it, it you know, about communion, you know, or some thing like that, you know? Like what about communion, whether we should take it or not? Or that's <laughs> See, here's the other thing. Charlie and I are being really careful on the podcast today because uh, we're, we're, we're trying to not be divisive denominationally, even as we're sharing about not being divisive denominationally. And uh, so some of, some of the things that we personally believe you might disagree with, but we believe that we can still be together and unified under the banner of Jesus and his kingdom come. So we're just trying to be careful. Uh, one of those, uh, th one of the things that I don't think uh, will bother anybody though, is uh, something that I grew in, uh, which was my theology of heaven. So like many people growing up in the United States, my perspective of heaven was, it, it was like this place in the clouds and like, you know, you played harps and maybe you had angel wings or something like that. And uh, over the course of the last 20 years or 30 years. What about football? Like, <laughs> was there football in your view of heaven? Or maybe there was a marching band because that's what you like to do in high school. I don't know. I was just, just curious. There you go. Uh, you're referring to that 90s song or that early 2000s song where we played football at our father's house. Yep. Maybe there's football in heaven. Maybe. Hey, maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's soccer because that's what everybody else likes. Ooh. I do have to say that the high majority of the world plays football. football. Soccer. So that means if a lot of people come to Christ worldwide, that if there are sports in heaven, more people are going to be playing soccer than anything else. Sorry That's to true. break your bubble, everybody who's listening. <laughs> anyway, so my view of heaven has grown and shaped and been changed. Uh, I went from thinking that I'm going to have my own mansion to Jesus's own words, which are like, actually, my father's house has many rooms, one house with many rooms, not many mansions. And someone gets a big one because they were really obedient to Jesus kind of thing. And then uh, my theology has also changed from like, it's this place in the cloud somewhere to like, ultimately, yeah, there might be some kind of space for that between now when I'm living and then when I die and when Jesus comes again, there, there's a space for like this heavenly place where Jesus is that's not on earth. But ultimately our hope as followers of Jesus is that Jesus is coming here. He's, he's going to make remake the heavens and the earth after he judges the world. And we're going to live with him together in the on the remade earth. With physical, renewed, resurrected bodies and will live forever in that state. Exactly. Yeah, and there, so, is, there is this intermediate state, but I think sometimes you're right. We stop there. Right. And like from like until I was like 19 or 20 years old, <clears throat> I really was like, I used to say to my parents, you know, I don't care what happens to my body after I die because like, it, it's like, I'm not ever going to use it again. Little did I know that body will be resurrected. Obviously I'm not going to like, you don't have, you don't have to go out of your way to make sure that your body's in one piece uh, so that it can be resurrected. Uh, Jesus is more powerful than. Yeah. That wouldn't work too well for those who were like beheaded for Christ or something. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, they were buried in opposite places. Too bad for them. I guess they're not going to heaven. You know, right. that's that's not what that means. But <laughs> as far as the resurrection, like there will be a resurrection and we will get a brand new body or a remade body, just like Jesus's body. That's what it means that he was the, the first to ra race from the dead. We're going to raise from the dead just like he did. And uh, so 
that's just like a, a minor theology that has developed over time. And I've grown to learn that my initial perspective was not what is actually biblically represented. Hey, uh, what would we consider, Nathan, um, if anybody's listening, saying, great, you define the major rocks for me. What are some like, if you were just to list off the topics, denominationally centered issues or individually, like uh, it's more individual perspective. What what are some of those? Some of the minor issues that I don't yeah. think we should divide over. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> see, here's, let's be careful. Please don't get offended at my list. Like I'm not trying to ruin relationship with anybody here. Um, but some of the really minor ones I would say are like, whether or not Jesus, like Jesus's blood is the the wine and the bread is his physical body or not. Like, I don't think that's a, that's something worth dividing with people over. Or I don't think that the style of music that we sing, whether it's with instruments or without instruments or from a stage or from the, the ground, I don't think that's worth dividing with people over. Um, I don't think it's worth dividing with people over um, what you think about certain other church practices, uh, like per se, like what day of the, the week you worship on. Like I wouldn't divide with others over what day of the week to worship. Paul, Paul says a lot about that in his letters. One person says one day is more important than another and the other doesn't, but he should yeah. do it to glorify God. Yeah, you're right. I think it comes down to that. And uh, uh, some really like the importance of these topics, but um, you could say the fullness of Arminianism or Calvinism. Right. Uh, there are jesus loving bible believing people who fall on the different spectrum on that topic and even in between uh and i wouldn't consider that a big rock we went through those big rocks i'd consider it a, a smaller rock within the big rocks yep and there is a long list of other things i mean we could probably sit yeah. here and go for 10 or 15 but at least that, that helps paint a picture for like what kind of issues are we talking about here right um then i think there's also another level of practically how you live out some of the the truths um right sometimes somebody does it one way and somebody like when you mentioned style of music that's a practical issue in my mind yeah uh, maybe i don't really like the the song that you chose well that's okay because it's more about if god likes it anyway uh, <laughs> him not you so right. not myself um yeah. so there's lots of practical issues like that too i think yeah agreed and uh Again, it's just so important that we don't divide with other people over these. Um, like some people think that it's still wrong to eat certain foods based upon what the Bible teaches. And you know what? I'm not going to divide with them over that. Uh, like that's a that was an issue that they were facing in the first century when Paul wrote his letters. And he's like, guys, no need to divide over this stuff. Like just remain united. Like somebody, somebody believes this about food. Somebody believes this about food. Great. Love each other, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I just I think... Could you imagine when Peter had the vision in Acts chapter 10 of all the Gentile foods? He's like, what? No way. He had a wrestling match with himself and God at that point. Like, I can't eat that stuff. He saw all the reptiles and snakes and stuff. And God's like, yep, don't call anything unclean because you got to go reach the Gentiles with the gospel. Have fun. <laughs> right. And and consider like that he even messed it up. Like Paul had to come yeah. back and rebuke him because he messed up meal times with gentiles one time now that's interesting because we just called that a minor topic but paul rebuking peter seems like a major topic and why would that be i think it would be because 
Sometimes we can take our minor topics and make them a mountain that becomes a barrier to people for Jesus. Mm. And that's what Paul's rebuking him on. Like, you, bro, you, you're being a hypocrite. Like, you're doing this over here and this over here, and that's not good. Like, God didn't set us apart that way. He wants us to reach these people. So you can't you can't be playing both sides here. Mm. Good word. I have so many examples running through my mind of ways <clears throat> really we've told stories on this podcast of how that really actually plays out in the real world. People shutting the kingdom of heaven in people's faces because they take a minor issue and blow it up into this major thing that prevents them from being able to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, I think we told a story about something as simple as a cigarette preventing somebody from entering the kingdom of yeah. God. Yeah, this guy is like, well, I'm not a man of God. And we say, why not? He pulls cigarettes out of his pocket. And I'm like, I I don't care. Just give your life to Christ now. And if he tells you to quit, then quit. Yeah. And the the pastor who was with us, like, I won't have such words come out of my mouth. Right. Like he he was like, No, you can't even you can't even declare Jesus is Lord with your mouth while you're holding cigarettes in your pocket. That's not possible. And um he had made that one struggle of somebody's life a mountain to die over. Mm. Which uh, makes me think of one last thing that I for sure want to mention before we finish up here, which is I had a very wise man in my life say, you know, all the denominations are great. I love them all because they all meet the needs of various different people. And uh, I think that's a great word to live by, especially when it comes to our theologies, because when we're thinking about denominationalism, it's going to be along these lines. It's going to be these small minor issues. And it's like, okay, I'm glad that there's a place for everybody to find a home. I'm glad that there's a place where everybody can go and worship and that they don't have to have these small, minute issues functioning as stumbling blocks for them in worship. As much as I would rather us all just be united under the banner of Christ and working together and getting the job done, which I think is the trajectory of the church today. I'm seeing more and more cross-denominational groups of pastors and churches working together to get the mission done. Praise God. Um, but all that to say, our differences are also fine. It's like, okay, okay, we're different. Good, Con congratulations. You made a wonderful observation that humans are different from one another, you know? And uh, here's a good word for you. Um, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. That's Proverbs 21 for you. And Proverbs 17, even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent. Praise God for that. Uh, <laughs> So, man, you might be really wise to keep your mouth shut sometimes. And other times, man, lift up Jesus and proclaim Jesus as boldly and loudly as you can. But other times it might be time just to say, keep your mouth shut and be wise. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.